Good day, Maggie King. Welcome back. Maggie King Robinson. Welcome back. Hello. Glad you're here. Thank you, as am I. You are here in the great city of Tulsa, Oklahoma. You are a resident of Tulsa. Tell us more. Yeah, uh, we officially moved all of our belongings last week, I guess a week ago today. Right. Um, and it's been a very long week of unpacking and organizing and reorganizing and all that, but we're kind of starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel at this point. So that is very promising. <laughs> well, it's super wonderful to have you guys in town. and I'm sure you're excited to, to yeah. start a new chapter, right? Yeah, very. We're excited. Ryan has been doing a lot of outside work and yeah. making the yards nice. <laughs> and I've been doing my normal work, but getting ready for my job at theater arts in Broken Arrow and getting things geared up for, for all of that. So things are moving quickly. Yeah. You got a big summer and fall coming up ahead of you doing like coordinating and teaching and yeah. helping young youngsters in their uh, launching and cultivating their dramatic and artsy careers. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. Uh, well, and that, that kind of brings up in a, in a, in a weird kind of way, that's our nice segue to today's topic and today's guest, of which you know. You know these people. I am familiar. You are familiar. And uh, the, the, to the topic, the title of today's cast, which is a two-parter, and it is chock full of stuff. It's a big one. Yeah. Uh, is what's wrong with teenagers? Or what's mm -hmm. the, maybe I should, maybe I should call it, what's the deal? Or yeah. I don't know. Or or. Or maybe we should be super positive and say, what's right? And But all I know is that like people come to me all the time and they're like, help me with my kid. And I'm like, right. oh, I, I don't know how to help my own kids very well. I'm just saying. Yeah. And so I thought I would ask you, seeing that you're 27 and you're, you know, I mean, you're kind of still, no, nah, nah, I mean, you're not far off. In Actually, my heart. You, you kind of are. <laughs> In but you heart, have worked, yeah, but you spent a lot of your time and energy working with teenagers, though. This yeah. is true, and yeah, and uh, you know, and you're in in a family with teenagers not too long ago, and all. What what what's wrong with teenagers, Maggie? What's the deal? What's their thing? What's I, why, why can't why do we not? How do we help them? Listen, <laughs> I <laughs> I think whatever's wrong with teenagers is probably also wrong with me, but. Um, I have really found a lot of joy in hanging out with teenagers recently. So I think there's definitely a, that it's a good question to be explored and, um, there are some things to be learned from them too, I would say. Like what but is right I'm with not, teenagers? I'm not the licensed therapist, I would oh, say. Oh yeah. So that's just my take. Well, thank you for your take, uh, uh -huh. Mrs. King King Robinson. Um, <laughs> I, I I am a licensed therapist, and actually, our guest is a licensed therapist, and and his wife is my co-host. So wow. uh, Ryan and Allison Myers. Uh, Ryan is uh, the director of counseling at Holland Hall Schools in Tulsa, and he has uh, his his degree is is in he's uh, a clinical psychology. And brings an enthusiasm, a love of people, a love for young people, a heart and a, a, a brilliant mind and experience to back that up to the conversation. He's a great friend. I think that people are going to get a ton out of 
out of our conversation, not because we know better than anyone, but our hearts and our lives have been, I mean, I've been very, very invested in, in working with young people, just helping them and their families to try to have better lives, you know? Yeah. So, so that's what we're doing today. Maggie King, are you up? Have you, Maggie, have you heard this podcast? I, I have, I've heard it and I like it. Does it, does it pass? It passes. Yes. Very um, comfortably. So <laughs> we had room for margin. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, I, 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 I think, well, let's not belabor the point. Are you with me? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. So hello, my name is Chris King and I'm a licensed therapist. And today I'm stuck in my head. Let's go. Let's do this thing. Okay, uh, Allison Myers, it's wonderful to be back with you on Stuck in My Head. Where, where the hell have you been? Well, I've been stuck in my head. <laughs> Is that a place? It's a oh, place. It's, a, it's a place. It's not for everyone. It's just not for <laughs> everyone, but it's where I've been. It's where I've been. You know, we're like transitioning. We're transitioning into summer. We have now, now that everyone's done with school, we have a sixth grader and two seniors wow. in high school. And yeah. so I've kind of been stuck in my head about those things. <laughs> well, and, and then the other thing, you know, oh, I had a wedding going and we did, we did the Luke Freeman and Chris Province thing. And then Derek Webb came and like, it just we didn't exclude you on purpose, but our schedules were not jiving. So it's fine, man. Um, it's fine. I got over. It's fine. Whatever. I got over being needing to be invited to everything a long time ago. <laughs> I spent I spent the first twenty five years <laughs> of my life there. No, I don't live there anymore. I moved. That's good. That's good. Well, I'm glad you're here. And uh, so I have a question for you today. All right. Yep. You ready? What, yes. what is what is wrong with kids? Like specifically teenagers. <laughs> what, what's wrong with them? I don't know. What, <laughs> where to begin? What was wrong with us? Yeah, well, okay. Think, All right. Okay. Do you think let it's me the same it. thing? <laughs> maybe, maybe, except they're on internet and COVID. But like, uh, what, what, what is right with them? What do you think is mm. right with them? I think more than I remember on a daily basis. <laughs> probably maybe my kids would tell you more than I'm giving them credit for. <laughs> lots lots are right with us and you never notice yeah you never like, say you never notice yeah you yeah, you no. have well I mean yeah, you and your husband and me at some level a lot of people have dedicated their lives to not only to the the hardest job ever of, of, of parenting and trying to raise adults that live well, but not only that, but like helping out with other kids, other teenagers yeah. and like have, having a real heart towards that. And I would like to give you the honor of introducing today's guest 
and kind of what, you know, cause we're going to talk about today. We're talking about like how to help kids and how and to help what, them. Yeah. And like what we've seen and what our guest has seen and what works and what doesn't work and, 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 and how to avoid pitfalls and, and like, and, and not, and parenting is not out of this conversation too. Like, well, you know, like, so I, I think there's a lot of people in our shoes that are like, yeah, that's a, that's a thing I want to get into. Cause like, it's, oh, it's for such sure. a uni- and yeah, right. Maybe you felt this way. Well, yeah. I mean, you worked with young people before you had kids. I worked with young people as a job before I had kids. I was a way better parent in my mind. I had all the parenting <laughs> answers in my mind and in my mouth for these people before I became a parent. Right. Then I became a parent and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I guess to a certain extent, it's still easier to parent other people's kids than it is your well, own. Well, sure. You don't live with the consequence of going home with them. Yeah. But I got to tell you, our guest today, and I, this is real. I mean, everything I'm about to say, okay. he does both of those things better than I've seen almost anybody do it. He is, he parents his own children well, ex- extremely well but he helps other young people navigate their lives. Um, Messy, scary, anxious lives uh, with a grace and a kindness and an ease that I, I just haven't seen very often. I am biased um, because I'm married to him. Yeah, he he is my best friend in the whole world. He taught me how to be a parent. We we have three children. Uh, two of those came with him to our marriage. And and so I learned how to be a parent by watching him first. Um, mm. And and so it is an honor and a privilege to have Ryan Myers with us today. He is a he is a wellspring of knowledge and I, I hope he shows you that he's, he's pretty funny. I don't know if he'll, I don't know if he'll be funny today. But well, hot damn. Is. The first, the first thing I want to say is I he's am going to find, like, oh, okay. find a way to get what you just said, Allison, like transcribed, like a, like a people do at a doctor's office. And mm. I am going to have that potentially tattooed on my back. That's like, I don't tell about. you how awesome I think you are enough. No, it's this? not that I think you don't. It, it, that just was very kind. And <laughs> I appreciate true. it. I do. <laughs> well, I mean it. Oh, this is just what I wanted to have happen. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brian, Ooh. tell us a little bit about your background, what you're bringing, like what brings you to today to your guest spot on Stuck in My Head. Like what's a little bit of kind of your your history? I will try to be brief. I, um, besides being married to you, Allison, and close friends with you, Chris, I am a licensed professional counselor by mental health licensure. Um, And I jokingly, but also truthfully tell people that in my adult life, I've basically done the same job uh, in three different settings with three different pieces of paper that formally outline my job. I'm currently the director of counseling wellness at Holland Hall here in Tulsa, a great funky place that I love dearly and am glad to be a part of. Prior to that uh, role, I 
uh, served in a couple of different capacities at our church, Redeemer Covenant Church in Tulsa. Uh, part of that is the director of student ministry. The rest of the time was in a role that they called director of community engagement, which basically, Chris, it, it's a long story, but uh, they created a job for me and, and thought I could do some things. And it was kind, but I don't really know what my formal job was. I did that right. and then prior he a, to... He mostly just had lunch with... He was a lunch pastor. I did. <laughs> I had lunch lunches. with people. I had breakfast. I would have beers. Um, <laughs> it was incredible. I basically lived the life that I thought Jesus would be living if he were still walking around. <laughs> He's just, um, just and then prior lot, to my time on staff at, at Redeemer, um, my first formal therapeutic role after graduate school... Uh, was as a member of the intensive outpatient uh, department at Laureate Psychiatric Clinic and Hospital here in town. So three very different settings, but ultimately, um, I this is going to sound dramatic, so forgive me. I believe that I was made by God to uh, walk with people and uh, be invited into the messiness of their lives. And I... Uh, I love it. it I, I'm humbled that I get that kind of opportunity. Um, I quickly tell people when I attempt to explain what my role is and how it might be of help to them that I don't pretend to have a lot of answers. Um, I, I am living my own life and fumbling around as a 44-year-old guy, um, but I do have an educational background and experience that I think flows into who God made me to be. And uh, I, it is a compulsion that I live with the desire to be as fully alive and help others to be as fully alive as possible. So, um, and all that I think started whenever I was a young kid, um, was just naturally curious, uh, asked a lot of questions, was fascinated by people, loved people. And a lot of school, I don't say this braggadociously, a lot of school came pretty easy to me. And so I would finish my stuff early. And I clearly remember in like the second grade, um, wanting to help my buddies that struggled in school. And so huh. it took me a while later on in my life to figure out where that was going to end up. Um, but I, I eventually discovered the path of, of psychology and anthropology and ultimately the, the mental health field. So that that's me and where I'm coming from. What, what was it about when you were a kid? Like, when did you, when were you able to tell people that I like helping people? Was that an adult thing when you just like look back retrospectively and like, what was it about the way that you grew up that might've contributed to that? I'm curious. Um, I don't think whenever I was a kid that I verbalized necessarily that I, I, well, I say that, that I enjoyed helping people. I think my mom, who is a big Ryan Myers fan, <laughs> would yeah. maybe say, would maybe say that uh, I, I would talk with her and my dad as a kid at home about my day and that they would maybe um, take that from what I was saying that I would tell these stories about, you know, this one friend of mine in particular that had some uh, hard dynamic, he had a, a brother that was completely deaf and would come and have lunch with us at school with his dad. And, 
And then that same friend struggled at school. And I would tell stories about, you know, Errol was not doing well in math or spelling. Hmm. And he, I helped him in not taking credit, I don't think, but just celebrating coming home and being eager to share with my parents as like a second or third grader that my buddy that had struggled did really well on something. And so I, I wasn't mm. mindful of that. I don't think at that point in my life, but somewhere along the way, I started seeing that with a different lens um, and felt that it took me on this path of kind of helping in the, in the whole arena of, of mental health. Like I said, you grew up in Tulsa, right? Yeah, basically. I mean, we, I, I was born in Oklahoma city and lived there, uh, until I was around 10 years old. Uh, my dad, I, I, I have told young people this, I, I do not, my parents are not perfect, but, um, I, I, my brother and I are very fortunate. The, the, the way that we were raised and the life that my parents provided, my dad did, uh, very well in the, uh, oil and gas business, um, was a petroleum engineer and, yet never put any pressure on my brother. I've got a brother that's two years younger than me that we've always been very close. He is an elementary school teacher um, and has done that his entire adult life up in Kansas City. And then I've done um, counseling and and never felt like I was disappointing. Uh, my brother and I talk about this as adults. Never felt like I was disappointing my parents that we huh. didn't pursue, you know, something that maybe not that we're living in poverty, but something that would have made more money. We just figured out in different avenues that we wanted to help people. It, we both feel alive doing what we do um, and, and uh, are able to help, you know, provide for our families. And so I, uh, yeah, I, I feel like I've lost the question, but uh, <laughs> I, I think, I think my parents, um, Looking back, there were values that they spoke of, but there were things that they lived out. And I think my brother and I, uh, through the years, we caught a lot of that stuff. It looks very different. My life in some ways today looks quite different than my childhood and, and my parents' life today. But the core values that I live with and my brother and his family, I, I think it's very, very connected to uh, those formative years as a kid. Allison, that's the same for you too, right? Like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, right? yeah, I feel like I was given a lot of freedom to just be who I was. And I think, and I wonder this too, Ryan, about your dad. I mean, I only know your dad basically post end of his working career, post retirement, but he's an engineer. It's like who he is, right. who he is in his spare time. Your mother is a mother. In fact, yeah. she, texted our boys on uh, the boys text our boys texted her happy mother's day and she said all i ever wanted to be was a mom hmm. it's and and my mom is a nurse and and all she ever wanted to do is help people and my dad you know i mean it's like we were very fortunate to come from generations where people were free to be who they always were yeah and yeah. it it played out differently um, for all of us, as far as where we landed, but this kind of freedom to figure out not just what you want to do for a job, but how does that connect to who you are? How does that play out 
based on the the way you were wired and the, and what makes you tick and like what you said, Ryan, what makes you feel alive? I remember for myself, that's it's, it's so interesting and probably one of the re- things that bring us together, just the things that we love about each other as friends are all bubble down from things that, and you, Ryan, you use the phrase caught. And I don't think that was a mistake. It wasn't just a one-off instead of like, here's how you should live, yada, yada, yada. But like, this is yeah. kind of the way we do it. You know, I remember when I was, <laughs> I started out as an engineering major and lasted a semester, um, which is a, a very common story. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I did it because I was, I had a good math ACT. I'm like, and I love music. I'm like, well, maybe, I mean, might as well not waste it. Like, like maybe I could design amplifiers and do things like that. And, and then I got into it. I'm just like, this is, this is the worst thing I could ever have done ever in my life ever. <laughs> and so, so then I decided to go to change my, my major to journalism. And it was, it was quite easy. And that was how I liked it. <laughs> and, and so I ended up getting that degree. And then I remember having this moment with my mom where I, I felt, I, I felt a little bit of guilt, not a lot, but a little bit. I'm like, you know, I, are you okay? Cause then when I got out of college, I mean, I didn't even get a job in my field. I like mm. waited around you know, and I'm like, and, and they didn't pay for everything. I had to pay for stuff too, but like, you know, they were really supportive and I'm like, is it okay? You know, yeah. that I don't do the degree or the, the whatever. And like, and I, that was the message was so freaking strong and clear. Like, no, 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 you're good. You're good. Like do what you want. If you're not sure what you want, figure it out. We want to help you. Like, that's kind of, that was it. Does that sound like your folks? Yes. It, I can't help but think hearing you say that, and, and I met you, let's see, if I'm 44, I met you when I started working at the church, which was like, I guess we've known each other like 16-ish years, something like that, through the Metro Worship community. And I yeah. remember early on um, thinking, oh man, I think me and this guy, we, we click, we have some similar interests. And what rose to the top for me about you was, this cat seems really comfortable in his own skin. Like he, not in some arrogant way, but just, Oh yeah. Chris seems like someone that he knows who he is and who he's not. And he's not like a, you know, can we curse on this? I forget. Yeah. Go no. ahead. Okay. okay. Yeah. Like yeah, shit if you don't like no, it, that's not, that's not <laughs> it. Um, but like hearing you say what that inner dialogue with yourself, but then conversation with your mom and stepdad as you graduated from college, I feel like my parents provided such an environment of unconditional love and there were standards and how you treat people was always a big deal in our house. Um, Not just the people you like, but how you treat everybody, working hard, being honest, those kind of things. But there was such safety and in a sense of being okay with whoever I am that I'm Allison cracks jokes sometimes, but I know that she, she means it positively. I, Chris, I've been pretty comfortable with who I am since I was a kid. Not that I didn't have, or don't still have insecurities. And so I think that was an invaluable gift that I got from my parents in my childhood. Like I've actually um, encouraged Ryan to be a little more uncomfortable. 
same thing in my marriage. Kristen's like, hey, could you be like a little tighter? <laughs> just like a little aware, of, just a little more aware of how your self comes off. Well, then this is a question you say that like, Brian, and, and you use the word braggadocious. That's going to be my word for the week, braggadocious. By the way. Um, but uh, but you, you said like, even at a young age, I was pretty comfortable with my own skin. And my question is, is like, well, did you have long hair and a beard and were you barefoot or wearing sandals in fourth grade? That's my thing. Were you I was not kid, like fourth, would... fourth grade would have been right after um, I after got into wearing a different colored pair of Chuck Taylors. Like I remember I, I'd wear uh... one, one black and one pink or <laughs> a black and a yellow. Like I, I was into that for a while. I had an older cousin that was like a, a big brother to me that I just thought was the coolest. And so his taste in music was very influential. My love for music and live music came from him as a kid. Um, he was, he worked, he's worked his whole adult life in the sporting goods industry. And, and so would get discounts on before sneakers, like collecting sneakers was a thing back in our day. Like, like when Jordans were like coming out, like I, I got into that stuff, but the long hair, the barefoot thing started towards the end of high school, early college. Um, I was into kind of bleaching my hair when I was in high school. I went through some pretty I don't know what the, ridiculous. I don't even know what you're talking, uh, what you're doing. This is I was really crazy. into heavy metal at one point oh, in my life. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, did you have, I, did... <laughs> I think Ryan. I think Ryan was like. I was just drawn to Ryan because my adolescence could not have been more the opposite. I was like, what's the most popular? And let's be that because the popular people are never alone. And I was Mm -hmm. just in a full on pursuit to always feel seen and known always. And, and everything about Ryan is just so freeing but 100% we would not have dated had we met at almost any other time in <laughs> our lives. <laughs> but Ryan, do you think, speaking of young people, what's wrong with young people? What's right with young people? Like, between your experience and my experience, it feels like two ends of a spectrum, right? Like, I was hyper aware of myself and if I fit or didn't fit and what could I change to fit and... And whatever. And then you kind of feel like it sounds like you were kind of a little bit more the other way of you just sort of were like, I don't give a rip. I'm just going to be myself. Yeah. This is a thing still that you see. I mean, like how much of the who am I question is is at the core of of the work you guys, I guess both of you are doing Uh with young people. Okay, guys, uh, Chris King here, and we're taking our break. This is the time a lot of times when you listen to podcasts that you'll hear commercials and advertisements of all sizes and shapes. And for a long while on Stuck in My Head, we were just talking about us, about the retreats that we were doing and things like that. Then I thought, why be so selfish? Come on. Like we can we can highlight what's going on in our community and even around the world with with people and nonprofits that we think are doing great work that are making the world a better place. And so one of the few that we're going to put out there and that really jump out 
are is a group that we have really great partnership with. So I've got Stephen Pyle here, who's the executive director of the Common Good, which is a nonprofit um, that operates um, for us in, in West Tulsa, but maybe in other places that I don't know about. So Stephen is with me now. Stephen, can you tell us what you guys do, who you are, what the deal is, how can we help, that whole thing? Give it to us. Hey, Chris. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Yeah, the, yeah. the Common Good, it's a, a place-based nonprofit organization out in Northwest Tulsa. So we really focus and, and work with our neighbors out in the Northwest part of, of the city. And one of the main ways that we do that is we operate a community center that focuses on education, focuses on workforce development, uh, mental health and counseling, as you well know, um, lots of athletics and um, a big, big advocacy piece. And, and really our goal is to bring attention to the neighborhood, as I, I think this part of Tulsa has often been underserved and, and often overlooked. And so our goal is really to elevate the voices of community members, work with nonprofit partners, work with public officials, and really try to uh, capture attention and place it on the development of Northwest Tulsa. Wow. That sounds like a, it's, it's, how long have you been doing this there? You've been there a few years, right? I've, I've been here uh, for about three years, uh, but the, we opened our community center in uh, the fall of 2019. So we've been at it for um, about four years now. Okay. So uh, like in a, in a tangible way, like what are the things we might see happening at your community center if we just showed up on some random day? Like what kind of stuff goes on there? Lots of stuff, man. I mean, we have um, folks up here from ages four to literally 104. Oh, you know, the, biggest, the biggest thing that we do is we host an after school program for uh, students of uh, Tulsa Public Schools, Wayman Tisdale Fine Arts Academy to be specific. So we got about 120 pre-K through fifth graders that are a part of that program. Um, a lot of them um, will stay into the evening and play basketball or soccer or whatever kind of athletic league we got going on. Big brothers and big sisters join them. Uh, and, and we're going until about 8, 830 in the evenings with lots of sports. Um, in the mornings, we have pretty, a, a pretty robust senior adult program um, where we do exercise. We have breakfast, just community meetings. Um, and then throughout the day, like the, the afternoon before the kids get here, we're, we're really trying to grow our workforce development program and, and partner with some of the, the working adults in the neighborhood. Well, that, that sounds awesome. And I'm supposed to say that because it's commercial. <laughs> like it really is awesome. So personally, and I, uh, I, what is it about what you guys do that it excites you? And you're just like, this just gives me warm fuzzies. I'm like that. This is, this is what we're supposed to be doing. You know, what, what do you, what is, what is it that touches your heart about the work that you guys do? Yeah. Good question. I mean, there's, there's a lot of answers I think I could give you, but the one that sticks out is, you know, we're starting to see a change in people. Like we're starting to see mm. some mindsets change. We're starting to um, see like a level of cynicism fall off and people in the neighborhood are really excited and encouraged about the possibilities of what, what's ahead. Um, and, and that happens in little ways, like the, the, the community building a, a neighborhood garden that they can participate in or then getting their kids enrolled in counseling 
uh, or yeah. their kids, you know, getting into a, a scholarship to a, a new soccer um, club. I mean, there's just like those little things that happen. And when they start to add up, um, it really, it really creates a, a significant shift. Hmm. Uh, that's, that's awesome. I, I, I want to tell you how much I appreciate what you guys do. And we are thrilled to partner with you and, and to do, to do work and like, like particularly to work with the littles, like those little dudes and girls that come after school. Like if we can make a contribution into their lives, like I, I just feel like we should, we, we have to. And so I appreciate that you guys are there for them, offering them a place and people. And we want to highlight that attention today. If people want to contribute in work, work or deed or finances or just support or connect with you, how do they do that, Stephen? Yeah, um, the best way is through our website, cgtulsa.org. You know, on there, there is a place where you can volunteer. Um, there's a place where you can donate. And there's so many ways to get involved. And as you said, Chris, we have tons of kids running around the place that we're trying to engage through literacy, through mental health. So if you want to come out and read to kids, if you want to come out and shoot hoops with kids, if you want to be a teacher, regardless, we, we always need people to help, help us carry out our mission. That's awesome. That's cgtulsa.com, right? That's it. Yes, sir. Common good Tulsa. Okay, good. Um, I want to say thanks. And uh, maybe we can stretch this conversation and do a whole episode talking about this stuff in a future date. Cool. Looking forward to it. Great. Awesome, Stephen. Stephen Pyle, thank you. I think it's still very much. I think it's still very much at the core, whether it's on people's conscious mind, their radar or not is a different story. But I, the, who am I and do I matter in the grand scheme of life? I think I talk, we talk in, in, you know, adolescent mental health care about those questions. And I think it's developmentally right there in their midst. And, and yet the more I, and I hope we can get into this a little bit more because it's on my mind as I'm preparing. I told you, Chris, I'm, I've been invited by a, a buddy of mine that owns the best brewery in the state of Oklahoma to uh, mm. give a lecture here in a couple of weeks on adolescence. And as I've thought about that, I think um, those questions, who am I and do I matter that are begging for an answer in adolescence, um, rarely, if ever, do they have a stable a lasting answer that comes in adolescence. And it really is just a starting point, I think, for that question that most of us ask, or it comes in different forms, the remainder of our days on the planet. Um, mm. Who am I and do I matter? And, and I would say, I, I think it, those are two deeply spiritual questions. And I would use that language, even if I'm talking with a person that, that would say they have no interest in the spiritual realm. I just think yeah. those are, uh, those are questions that are put in us, uh, from God. And, and yeah, I, I, I also believe that part of what makes adolescence really messy and awkward and exciting is I, I talk with a lot of parents about, I think that those years are about trying things on and kind of fumbling around in an effort to figure out who we are and how we fit into the big picture. Well, that tees up a great 
I, I, amen to 100% of that. That tees up a question, which is this. In our, and I'd like for all of us to pitch in. In our experiences, like how have we seen parents or other supporters of teams um, cultivate that question of identity and mattering? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you talk about the fumbling around, trying it out. Like, have we seen and have we done it and have we seen it not work where that fumbling around of adolescence has actually been allowed? Like, I mean, I think we would all three say like that must happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking back over the years without naming names or maybe we have to like bleep, bleep them down the line. I'm not sure because <laughs> we do have, I mean, this is a dangerous thing like putting yourself on record because there are, according to Allison's calculations, at least 36 people that are listening. At least 36. <laughs> and, 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 and approximately 40 some odd percent of them are related to her. <laughs> I have a lot of them. Um, so, Very well supported. Which again is like, is, is, is right in line with your 15 year old dreams. Like you're freaking, literally living. You're, <laughs> you're known. Um, so, but that's, so that's my question. Like, as we've seen it now that we're all, you know, grown, grown ass people, like, like, you know, you're like, okay, adolescence, what's exciting about it? What's good about it? But like, who, how do people help cultivate that? Mm-hmm. And, and how do, and, and what are some of the things that, have, that we've seen happen? Like, oh man, I think, and, and maybe we can talk about ourselves, right? That's pretty safe. Like, oh gosh, I blew it here. This is, this doesn't work. I, 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 that's, that's a, when I see this happening with, with parents or, or youth workers and kids, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I've been there. No, not, no bueno, not going to yeah. happen. So kind of the, you know, works doesn't work conversation. Like what have you guys seen? Oh, I, I could get rolling, but I don't want to talk too much right out of the shoot. Well, you're the guest, I, I, Myers. But that's so what that's you do. How you're, it the, works. I, you're the guest of honor. I'm not sure who so, you think you're, what you're doing, but whatever. Guys, let me let me say this to start with, and I say this absolutely directing it at myself, and not just you two and other you know listeners. A lot of what we, the choices we make, the way we respond, and, and Chris, this is on my mind in a fresh way, just coming off of um, the 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 retreat a couple of weeks ago out at new life. And, and when I had you come in and speak with the leadership team at Holland Hall this last year, so much of what we do comes from a place conscious, unconscious, both of fear. Um, and, and at the heart of a parent, I think is this desire to protect. Um, we as adults have more life experience, not necessarily more intelligence, not necessarily more wisdom. Um, age doesn't equate to wisdom, but I think open-minded, uh, aware, humble living as we gain experiences that that's some of the, the terrain that grows wisdom. And so I think a lot of times we, as parents, we do what we do from a, a place of fear and concern. And that at times leads us and our families in a great direction. And other times it just bombs. Um, and so the balancing act of holding some legitimate fears in one hand, but also in the other hand, holding um, some degree of, of proper pacing. And, and I cannot under 
value the significance of listening well as a parent mm-hmm. um, and striving to understand, realizing that understanding and agreement are oftentimes confused. They're for sure confused uh, during the teenage years between parents and, and their sons and daughters. But let's be honest, guys. I think we as adults in our marriages, in our friendships, in our work relationships, we, it is possible to strive to understand the other person and still not agree with them. Um, and, and that is some of the messy dance of, of raising kids, I think. And so um, genuine, genuine listening. And um, I remember going back to my youth, I remember some of the stuff I was into that I think today at 44, some of that stuff, I'm still into it from a nostalgia reason or some of the, the, the art or media that I consumed, I still, as a grown ass adult, think is worthwhile. Other things I was into, thank God I've moved on. Um, and so for our three kids, I, I, I desire, um, to know them, like really know them and attempt to understand why they are into the things that they're into. I don't have to be into it in the same way. Um, but it, that's something, honestly, Allison, I feel like I've learned even a, a better way to live that out from you as far as some of the parenting experiences we've had with our kids and some of their interests or people they've been connected to. But I think that that's in, and, and, and to remember that teenagers, especially they are wired. It is in their DNA to sniff out and notice discrepancies with adults and to work them to their advantage. That doesn't make them crummy humans or, or self-centered. That's just, that's a mark of intelligence. And, and I think the BS meter of a teenager is oftentimes way more refined than uh, it is for us adults. So to be a genuine interested presence in the life of your kid and really listen to them, I I just think that is solid gold in my book. It conveys love among other things, and it creates an environment of safety and security and stability, all that good stuff, I think. Easier said than done though. For sure. Allison, you have a thought on that or a different thought? Yeah, I think... I have come to, I mean, obviously nobody's doing this. No one's going to do this perfect as a parent, as a youth leader, as whatever, as an important adult in someone's life, like any young person's life, like we're just not going to do it. Perfect. I, I am learning the older I get because we've got some great friends that are ahead of us. Um, I would count you and Kristen in this category as well, learning the value of of reflecting and going back and saying, Hey, I'm sorry. Like to the, to our children saying yeah. mm-hmm. our heart was in the, we, we, we had the like most awesome intentions. Um, we thought what we were doing was right, was best, was whatever. Um, and, and learning to say, I'm really sorry. I, I mm-hmm. would like to learn a different way. I would like to learn to be better. I'm sorry if that, um, hurt you or I don't know. I think about, especially at, I mean, majority of my work with young people has been in the context of church and, and man, you talk about a institution that has just bombed 
time and time again. <laughs> There's a lot of how, yeah, for sure. How we handle the the fragile season that that is. I mean, you take big questions and then you attach them to God, and it gets yeah. even more intense and and has an even more lasting trajectory for uh, for freedom or for deep shame. And so um, I just think I, I try both in work, in my work as a, as a youth worker at a church and in my work as a parent, my life as a parent to just check myself frequently, to reflect frequently. And to, as soon as I recognize that maybe I, I didn't do something the way I should have or could have, or really wanted to, to be quick, to model, like being sorry about it. Being a human being, right? Mm -hmm. I I had a mentor in undergrad, um, Dr. Dan McCarron. I've just learned a lot about life and God and the therapeutic world from him, but he, this group that I would assist him with of guys that struggle with, uh, sex addiction. And we would get to talking about repairing relationships in different ways. And and he said on multiple occasions to these men, one of the greatest gifts you can give your kids, whether they're still in your home as children or, or grown adults themselves is a heartfelt, genuine apology that then is followed by a sincere action that particularly not to be sexist, but his point was that he believed that that was oftentimes harder for men, a lot of men than women. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that reflecting that you're speaking of Allison uh, and, and then not making assumptions. I think we all, we do it. It's part of, it's just living life with a brain. Our brain needs shortcuts just to, to, to get us by. Uh, but but one of those shortcuts, it, it manifests in the form of, of unhelpful assumptions. And we assume mm. the people that we live with in particular and the people that we love the most, we oftentimes assume that we know what they know what we're thinking or what we're feeling. And so I think erring on the side, and I, I do this sometimes to a fault uh, of over explaining or over communicating because I so badly want, uh, you know, in this case, our kids, um, to know what I think about them or what I, those kinds of things. But once again, the BS meter of young people, if all we're doing is talking and they're never seeing it on display, that, that just doesn't go too far. I agree. And I think the teenagers are able to sniff it out whenever, whenever we're uh, projecting. I mean, Mm. look, like, like the, one of the, one of my biggest the times when I'm going to be a failure as a helper, as a therapist or in my own home, as a parent is whenever I'm, I'm just trying to ease my own fears, which generally are ones that I've carried from a young age. And I, and, and the question is always a great one that I like to throw out there is I'll, I'll ask somebody, I'm like, Hey, why are you bringing your mom into this? You know, mom's not in the room. Like maybe mom has been gone a long time. Uh Why? What you know, you're, you're 45 and your kid's 16. Like, so what's this have to do with your parents? <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> and I think that, I think that we're blind to a lot of that. Allison, what you said, you know, like regarding the church and God, I, like, I, I'm like, man, when, when we uh, have 
a, a, a religious context and we're raising our kids like that adds weight to what's happening that is kind of hard to measure and can mm. be so good and it can be so bad and i'm wondering if one of the things that i heard that we all had in common that are we're that each of us are thankful for is um some standards with some wiggle room yes <laughs> there's this yeah. room like oh i i value you as a kid and you you seem to be kind of understanding that you are valued as a kid and i don't get what you're doing there um anyway um <laughs> yeah. and 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 this this what the seeming lack of rigidity um mm-hmm. even though if we blew it there's probably going to be some sort of rigid standards that might be a bit more applied to our our safety and our future you know mm-hmm. um i i'm hearing this because what with the god the god thing like that that heaviness i mean when i hear a lot of people and i've uh, saying like, well, I'm just not doing that. Like it, almost always there's some sort of direct line between sort of the rigidity in which it was applied. Right. Um, and the, uh, the, the uh, lack of availability for reflection or conversation when they get into teenage years or out of teenage years about what's actually happening right now. And, and just the acceptance of kind of where I'm at in this whole space. Yeah, like I, 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 I feel like if I've had wins with kids, be it my own or others, it's that they felt understood. Period. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed and safe to just be. Yeah, and yeah. and I think, I mean, I I grew up in church and I grew up in youth group and and I could probably summarize my high school youth group experience in like a handful of rules, right? Like mm. good Christians don't drink, don't smoke, and don't have sex before they get married. So as long as I'm not hitting any of those three, then I must be a good Christian. And obviously I started living my life and I was like, I think there might be more to it than that. (laughs) But then I became a youth pastor and I realized, (laughs) oh my gosh, this isn't, I don't know. And maybe, maybe for that, my particular youth pastor, it was, but I don't think so. I think we just don't have, we don't have good language. We don't have a developed enough language because what we're wanting to say is, man, we want you to know God, like who he is and what he loves. And and actually, you're one of the things that he loves. He loves you so much, like like 1995 summer of love, Romans eight kind of love, like there's nowhere you could go (laughs) that this love can't get to you. And we don't we don't know how to measure it. So then we start saying it's like. It's like, if you really love God, then you don't want to, then you don't, then you don't drink and get drunk. And and if you really love God, then (laughs) it's not about those things. It's like a, it's like a lack of creative language, an unwillingness to get vulnerable in our language for what we're actually trying to say. Or an unwillingness Um, to sit with it whenever this person provides and we're just like, I'm not real sure, but I'll, I'll let you go there. Right. You know? I see yeah. that in I see that in both of you. I see a willingness to do it, and uh, and th- therefore, like people, and this is my experience. And I know it's been your experience with me. Is that like <laughs> people come to me and they're like, and and like with all kinds of positive feedback, like you know, like Ryan has been helpful, or Allison <laughs> has been helpful. Thank God yeah. for them. Yeah, I mean, and and which is which is kind. And I certainly, I am seeing at this season of life with our, our sons in particular, 
that uh-huh. I believe we have, we have a good relationship with our boys. And I also recognize and, and don't, I don't think take it personally that even with that good relationship, there are some things that they're just not as inclined to want to talk with me about. And, exactly. and I see the, the need for, because the three of us here in particular have been able to play that role in the lives of other people. Um, it's not a substitute for, you know, a present loving parent, but man, as, as significant as that is, I, I realize now as you know, the father of, you know, a couple months away from two 18 year olds, I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm so grateful for and need other people in their lives to, to see them and, and, and to, to, uh, care enough to say hard things, but also, uh, care enough to set their own desires aside and just give their attention to them. Like those things that, um, I, I'm not trying to dole out responsibility to somebody else, but, but we need that communal part. It's part of, I think being made in the image of God. And I think Chris, just something we were talking about earlier, I've heard you say this. Um, I think it was in your conversation with Garland on that first podcast, um, and it seems maybe mi- trivial, not significant, but Drew's love of hip hop, your love of music, but Drew's love of hip hop, that's not something that has naturally been your bent as far as interest in music. But because he is into it, you, you, have, you have started to explore that. I've got to believe it's because you love your son, but also it's, it's pretty sweet to learn from and have your life enriched by your kids. I just think how badass is that? I, I, I say it and I mean it. The greatest teachers that I've ever had on the planet are Allison Parker Reese and Merrick Myers. Um, and it doesn't always come in the feel good form. I mean, there's moments where I'm like, Oh dang that I blew it. Like I shouldn't have said that, or I should have said this, or Mm. I missed it. Like in those moments, I think God has allowed me to learn in ways that I could not have learned otherwise. And and that's something we miss when we're in that fear mode and the stakes are high. I'm not denying that, but man, what a gift it is to learn alongside and learn from your kids. We miss that Mm. too often, I think, as parents. Well, you're, you're talking about a thing that I think is a partial answer to my question that I've been hanging on to, which is this one I get asked all the time. And I know that you guys get to ask, ask this question all the time too. Like, how do I get my kid to talk to me? Like, I <laughs> want to talk to my kid. I want uh, to understand my kid. I, how, how can I even know what's going on inside of them? Because they isolate and then there was COVID and they spent 18 months in their room and, mm. and they're depressed, but they won't talk to me. Like, what do you say to these people? Because I think I have some stuff that I say, but I don't know. That's, that's a tough one, right? We have it happen in our own homes. Yeah. What do you do with what? Uh, how do uh, these par- parents are like, uh, I mean, I, I actually want to know my kid. I, I think I'm a good parent. I want to be a good parent, but they won't let me in. What do we do about that? Um, and then let's reference the question because we leave them hanging. Yeah. Did you like how I, do you like how I did that? Yeah, I do. That was really good. I liked it. Actually, let's start right now. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, Maggie King, like uh, it might seem abrupt because we, <laughs> I, w- I had this big question and then uh-huh. I just left everybody hanging. Did you, did you like how I did that? 
I didn't like that. That was very um, entertainment vibes of you. <laughs> it's the it's the tease. Uh-huh. It's the it, it's the headline, and then but wait, I got an answer. What? It's the cliffhanger. You got to keep like, them hanging. Well, yeah. Well, what? But what are we supposed to do whenever our kids that either that we're working with as as teachers or therapists or or uh, in in the artistic community or as coaches or uh, uh, as parents, um, like. What do we do when they won't talk to us, when they won't let us in? I mean, that, I get asked that question every single week. Yeah. And um, I'm a little curious what, uh, what they have to say. Aren't mm-hmm. you? Very. Yeah. Well, you're, <laughs> you're going to have to tune in for part two. So, uh, and, and there will be a plethora of interesting information and musings from uh, myself and Ryan and Allison. So yeah. also question, does part two pass? Did you check it out? Uh, yes, this is strong pass, high pass. Strong pass, okay, good. Uh-huh. I'm assuming that dozens of people will agree. At least. Yeah, that's what I'm talking, all right, excellent. Um, Maggie, I uh, thank you for your work. Um, I'm gonna start, we're gonna wrap up this episode. And we're going to bring music in and we're going to shut her down. I, I just want to thank Maggie King for her editing and her promotional work with the podcast. I want to thank the whole team at Chris King Counseling for making it possible and the work that they do with people every day, uh, helping people with their, their mental and behavioral health. Um, I want to thank Allison Myers for being for engaging us with awesome conversation every week, um, taking time from her day and from her duties to do that. She's just a great friend. Um, our, our guests every week that we have are awesome. This one in particular, Ryan is a great friend. and So appreciative of the work that he's doing. And uh, we want to thank you guys who are listening. Hey, uh, share us with other people. Subscribe. Um, get other people on the, on, on the bus. Uh, we, we want to put something out there that's helpful. So um, until next time, this is Chris King. Uh, we appreciate you. Thanks. Thanks.